Welcome to Refuge and happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you this morning. Um, so this morning, uh, what we're going to do is everyone that has these shirts, we're going to pray for you. Everyone else, we're not going to. So blue shirts, go ahead and stand up. Stand up, Jake. Yeah, we got more. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. We got more. Come on. They keep coming. Look at this. Son? Son? Come, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, this morning, uh, it, all, all fathers stand up. Th- this morning, all dads, all fathers, please stand up. Please, please. Thank you. This morning, as we went to prayer, I, I saw uh, one brother, George. Where's George? George? Right in front of me. <laughs> so I saw him and I thought, oh, that's, uh, you know, when guys, they wear the same shirt. We don't get mad at each other. It's just like, <clears throat> it's like, oh, wow, you know, that's, you got a shirt. We got the same shirt. So then, uh, and, you know, they were weird saying, oh, we're twinning and things like that, and we're going to have to take a picture together. So then I came, we came in through the back door, and I always go to the sound booth, and I drop off some of my personal items up there, and immediately I caught Stephen. Stephen, I saw Stephen, and that's when I knew. (laughs) And I knew who was behind it all. No one had to tell me a thing. In fact, someone said, you know who started this whole thing? I'm like, yeah, I already know who started this whole thing. <laughs> Hello, say. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was her. Um, so if you want to thank anyone, men, <laughs> thank her. And your wives, yeah. Because they were all in on it. So, um, so yeah, we're going to have to really focus on God's word this morning because that could be a d- distraction. So, guys, don't walk around. Please just sit down and let's pray. Father, I thank you for these men that are standing up. I pray a blessing upon them, Father, as, as Lord, we look to you as the perfect example of what we ought to look like, Lord, who we are to be. Uh, your word tells us to abide in Christ, and in so doing, Lord, we will... Uh, you will produce fruit through us that are becoming of the salvation that we have come to know. So I pray, Lord, that you would crown each man here with wisdom. You would fill them with your Holy Spirit. That you would anoint them, Father. You would give them courage, Lord, to do the things that are difficult, especially during and in the midst of difficult times. Lord, that you may be honored and glorified, that they would stand on the side of righteousness and do so in an unwavering fashion. Lord, that you would be honored and glorified, that they would lead, Lord, from the front, which is the only place that we can lead from. Lord, and that they, Lord, would continue to find great delight in you. And so, Father, I thank you for these men. I ask your blessing upon them and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Um. Just real quick, on, uh, on Monday, June 26th, uh, we're having our first 
co-op graduation ceremony. So it's everyone who is graduating from, uh, whether it be elementary into uh, middle school or middle school into high school, and then high schoolers who are graduating also. We're super excited about this. And um, so <clears throat> we would um, just ask that you would, um, you know, come participate. Uh, you know, be here to encourage uh you know, especially the, the day in which we're living in. And, and here's the thing, and, I, and I'll say it in a very plain way. Because we see how it is that our, our public school system is going down a path of indoctrination. And it's just become just something that is um, unrecognizable for what, from what it was, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. It's just something completely different. Um, so my personal opinion, and that is based on the Word of God and what I know the Word of God to be, is uh, I would encourage every parent. I mean, if we were to do it over again, uh, Bettina and I, we, we both agree, we would never put our children in, in pu the public school system. We would rem remove them from the public school system and have them go through a co-op or a private school. I, I would not... It's like putting them into a place to where you know they're, what they're going to be exposed to and unnecessarily. You can teach them those things. You don't have to expose them to it in order for them to learn those things and know how to navigate through them. So, again, that's just my opinion. Um, <clears throat> so I encourage you, church, gather around uh, and encourage those parents who, who are stepping up and teaching taking that lead in their, in their uh, uh, children's lives and, uh, and celebrate with us as we celebrate those who are, again, graduating from whether it be elementary into middle school, middle school into high school, and then high schoolers who are graduating and, uh, and going to college or the workforce or, or whatever it is that they're doing. So join us on that day. That's Monday, June 26th. This morning, we're not going to continue our study through the book, through the, the Gospel of Luke. We're actually going to turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And uh, we're going to be reading to start out, uh, well, in just a few moments. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 12 through 18. The title of this morning's message is, Fathers, Act Like Men. In a day of uh, confusion, which is the day in which we're living in right now, we know what God's Word says. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, this is the, the crown of God's creation. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's no wonder that the world is attacking the image of God, male and female. 
I've had these discussions with other men, and this is not something that's just come of late, as far as gender confusion, uh, being gender fluid, man one day and woman the next, a woman one day and a man the next. What's been happening, if you look back in time, you can see that the place of a man has been undermined for a long time. It's been questioned. You see commercials that, of men who look like they're stupid, dumb. And you need a woman to come alongside and really take the lead. And <clears throat> cuts out the very foundation and the stability of a family. This is nothing new. You can go back to Genesis Garden of Eden, you can see it there. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, this is the fall. From the very beginning in the fall. After the woman was, was deceived, the Bible says very clearly that the man was not deceived. He did it with full knowledge. And after the fall, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, and this was what uh, the Lord said to the, the serpent, but he spoke to the woman and he said this, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Oh, and that's where it all began. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's past the honeymoon phase of marriage understand this very clearly. You know, guys, when it says here, your desire, uh, here as the Lord spoke to the woman saying, your desire shall be for your husband, it's not that she's just, she can't hold herself back. From you. It's, it's not with that saying. It means that her tendency is to rule over you. Sisters, I, I'm simply sharing with you what the word says, and you know this very well. The point of contention. Oh, it's something that's not, when you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33, oh, that's not easy to apply. And yet that is the very thing that, ref that reflects the character of God. And we ought to reflect in our own marriages. Men, you cannot forego what you will be held accountable for. That is to lead in your home, Period. you will be held accountable for that. And that is not my word, that is God's word, because he has given us that place and that responsibility, and we are to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. 
Do not be fooled and do not be deceived by the lies and the schemes of the world. It's all around us. All around us. Don't fall for it. Don't think that that is somehow virtuous to just go along with the world and allow the world to redefine even what love truly is. There's much to say on that, but that's why I titled this morning's message, Fathers Act Like Men. Act Like Men. First Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 12. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not all at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these, and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence. For they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people." The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Prissa, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings, greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, to subject ourselves to the teaching of your word. I pray, Lord, that we all here this morning would have enough love for you that we are willing to hear not only that which we would be encouraged with, Lord, uh, easy things that we can listen to and hear and take in and receive and agree with and say amen to, but also those things that are difficult to hear. Or things that perhaps a father would say to a son that needs to learn how to be a man how to be strong, how to be faithful, how to be loyal, how to have integrity, how to be honest, how to do the right thing, even when it's not the popular thing to do. So, Father, speak to each one of us, Lord, because these are not only characteristics that should be exemplified in a man, Lord, of God, but also in a woman of God. Let us reflect the Spirit of God as we are led by Him according to Your Word to the glory of the Father. And so, Father, we commit this time into Your hands. Lord, we ask Your blessing and pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You know, George Herbert said, quote, one father is more than a hundred schoolmasters, close quote. Tim Russert, perhaps some of you are familiar with who he is, said, quote, the older I get, the smarter my father seems to get, close quote. And uh, something that perhaps you're familiar with, Steve Martin said this, quote, a father carries pictures where his money used to be, close quote. I'm sure some of you can share some good stories about your dad. You you think about him. The times that you spent with him. I can stand here, although, you know, my first 11 years were spent with my dad. I was up to that point. After that, there were a few moments here and there, mostly as, as an adult. But I remember those moments with my dad and the things that he he taught me, the things that I enjoyed doing with him. Dads, for the most part, are known to be able to fix anything. But they're not very good at telling jokes. You can follow some accounts on social media of uh, dad jokes, and yeah, th- th- most of them you don't laugh to. They're just kind of like, you just kind of laugh afterwards at how bad they are, right? So good at fixing things, but not good at, at telling jokes. Dads are men also who anticipate you as children. As I, I look at my kids, and dads are the ones who anticipate them falling. They know that they're going to do something at a given time, and yet knows that that is not good to always hold them back from experiencing a fall. They're the ones that will pick you up, dust you off, and then encourage you to try one more time. A good father won't be an anchor to hold you back, nor will he be a sail to take you to your destination, but he'll show you where the light is that he knows will show you the way you should go. A godly father shares God's word, equips you, but he also warns you and gives you direction. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. It's a good verse to remember as you consider the presence of the Lord at all times. In uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Fathers, um, we need to stand up and be counted for. A father is a man who is intentional in loving, intentional in leading, intentional and able to protect, to teach, 
to raise godly kids that know how to persevere through tough times. Not run from marriage. Not run from a tough season at work. Not run from friendships that aren't presently benefiting them. But learn how to work hard. Love deeply. Desire God above all. And live for the glory of Jesus Christ every single day. I cannot overstate the importance and value of fathers. Fathers in the home. And fathers in society. And fathers in the church. Fathers, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, are to act like men. Not boys and definitely not like women. Not that it's a a bad thing to be a woman. It's just women ought to act like women and men ought to act like men. There's a distinction. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, the Apostle Paul wrote this. And it was by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be reminded of that, that. That when I refer to the Apostle Paul being the instrument that wrote this, was used to write this, it wasn't him that it was coming from, but it was actually the Lord. It's the very breath of God. Referring to Paul, he said, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. We ought to notice in that verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, that a man exercises his will and chooses to give up childish ways. It's not natural. You'd rather not give up those childish ways, but at some point you realize, I've become a man. I've come to the age of reason. I've come to the age to where I take full responsibility for my actions. And I am held accountable for my actions. And so therefore, I give up those childish ways. And instead, speak, think, and reason like a man. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 12 through 18, what we read, we have the closing words of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians. These were tough words, men, and this is what I I hope and I pray that more of you men rise to the occasion that you're willing to receive those tough words from the Lord and then walk it out in your own lives so that it will bless your marriage, bless your family, bless the church, that this will be a church that is led by the men because it it, it ought to be led by the men. And the women come alongside as remember that they are our helpmates in marriage. We ought to be able to receive. Not walk out offended, oh, that highly offended me. Well, then the word of God offended you. And I'm sorry that you weren't able to receive what the Lord has for you. And I... I wish that as a young boy, I would have had more men that were willing to be tough with me, to speak those tough things with me, that I might be raised from an early age 
being able to receive that rebuke and admonishment from the Lord and give myself to the sanctification work that the Lord desires in my own life. Now this letter, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, was written to a church that needed to be rebuked and instructed. He addressed people who questioned Paul's authority. There were divisions in the church, sexual immorality that was being overlooked, lawsuits between believers, issues regarding idolatry, issues with the formation of cliques within the church, and that is coming to communion. The exercising of spiritual gifts and how each person is a part of the body of Christ. All of these things were addressed in this one church. We just read the conclusion to that letter. Paul covered this and more and and then closed it telling the men to be watchful, to stand firm in their faith, to act like men, to be strong and do everything in love. And then Paul gives an example of what that looks like in verses 15 through 18. He gives us a plain example there in those verses. Makes reference to the sending of greetings from other churches. Tells the brethren how to be affectionate with each other like the eternal family that we are, that they were, that we are today in the church. And then tells them that if anyone doesn't have love for the Lord, to let them be accursed. Well, of course, they remain in Condemned because they remain in their sin. Those who deny and reject the Lord, let them be accursed. A godly man first loves the Lord. And I'm going to give you a list of God-fearing manly traits to help you understand godly masculinity, biblical manliness. And again, these are characteristics that ought to be reflected in every everyone who's walking with the Lord. But primarily this morning, I'm speaking to the men here. And young men, listen closely. Because this is an instruction for you as well as you prepare for manhood and what comes before you. We're going to begin with courage If you will, please turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 10. Second Samuel chapter 10 and verse 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9. Read with me here. When Joab saw that the battle was set against him, both in front and in the rear, he chose some of the best men of Israel and arrayed them against the Syrians. The rest of his men he put in the charge of Abishai, his brother, and he arrayed them against the Ammonites. And he said, if the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage, and let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God, and may the Lord do what seems good to him. So Joab 
And the people who were with him drew near to battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. And when the Ammonites saw that the Syrians fled, they likewise fled before Abishai and entered the city. Then Joab returned from fighting against the Ammonites and came to Jerusalem. The emphasis for this morning is on courage, and it's found in, chapter, in, in verse 12, as we read, Be of good courage, and let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God, and may the Lord do what seems good to him. You see, godly courage is for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. As a man yields to the will of God, and yet, at the same time, as he submits himself to the will of God, acts with courage, engaging in whatever battle is necessary for him to participate in. Today, there are battles that need to be engaged in for the sake of our brethren, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our marriages, and for the sake of the sound teaching of God's word, and for it to go forth with great authority and power. Men, we need to stand up and courageously step into those areas at those times in whatever it is that God has intended for you to step into. Integrity. We have courage. You're jotting down notes. There is courage and then there's integrity. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, it says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Integrity is important. It's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, a state of being whole and undivided. Uh, the heart that is completely given to the Lord, completely given to Him, the things of the Lord, the things that would be pleasing to the Lord, glorifying to the Lord, not being divided, not living in compromise, but wholeheartedly toward the Lord. Yes, it is important to lead and teach your wife and children in the Word of God. And the example that you are giving to them as you go about your daily business. They'll remember your actions. They'll remember some words here and there, but what they will remember is who you were. Were you in the Word? Did they see you in the Word? That, that will be something that will impact your kids and others well beyond they leave your home. That will be the very thing that impacts even each other as we consider that each other as men as we gather together and I know that outside the other day we were talking and, and I was asking what do you do daily to, to draw close to the Lord and be built up in the Lord do you spend daily in the word are you living it out you, you see as the saying goes and it is true a picture is worth a thousand words most words will be forgotten but a living example will resonate in the heart of someone else for the rest of their lives. Do they see spiritual integrity? 
A man who walks uprightly before the Lord. If so, then as we see in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, then blessed are your children who follow after you. They need to see you walking out your faith with integrity. Courage, integrity, and responsibility. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, saying, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I, we, have a, we have parents that at some point may need our attention. We need to take the time to care for them. We have a brother and a sister that is not with us physically here with us this morning because they're caring for their parents. You see, care of the family demonstrates the love of Christ to those who are in need. This is not saying that one man is to provide for all of his relatives. That's not what this is saying. But rather referring to such as have need and are willing to receive help. A godly man will step up, take responsibility, and take care of his family when the need arises. Humility. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Humility in a person's life means that they have a modest or low view of their own importance. It's quite the opposite. We have a, just an abundance of pride, self-importance. We value ourselves above everyone else. If you question that, just go on social media. And look at how amazing people are I mean the way we present ourselves right is like man we're flawless just what an amazing life they have and what happens is is you have others who uh, become jealous and there's just all kinds of stuff no there's no lack of self-love I know that the millions of books have been uh, written about self-love and how to build up self-love and how to self-care for yourself, and you know how to take care of yourself. You guys all look pretty good this morning. Um, We take care of ourselves, don't we? There's, There's no lack of that. No lack at all. What is, what we're not inclined to do is consider ourselves less and instead esteem others more than ourselves. A godly man will sacrifice convenience, time, and self for the sake of helping others. In fact, no greater love is there than this. That one man should lay his life down for his friends. The neglect of self is... Of more value to God 
and it is of more benefit for others. I'll give you one example, the cross. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Jake had referred to a portion of this. It says, Have, or uh, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humbled himself to the point of fulfilling the Father's will and being willing to go all the way to the cross. Faithfulness. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Again, it's not to think little about the the small things that you're entrusted with but actually take those for what they are. It's, it's, a, it's oftentimes to simply test whether you have the right heart or not. I've seen people entrusted with very little, and, and sometimes they thumb their nose at it, and what happens is they think, well, this is too beneath me. I am not going to do this. They don't have a servant's heart. They're not faithful to the little that they've been entrusted with. Therefore, they cannot be entrusted with more. The Lord, as he entrusts to us, whatever it is that he's entrusted to us, what he's looking for in you is to simply be faithful. That's it. Be faithful over a little. He said, I will set you over much. It's in that time that we're faithful over a little that we can in that moment know that we are bringing great joy to the master. Be faithful and consistent. Be diligent in your work. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you're entrusted with, do it well. Be faithful. Leadership. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. It says, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. 
But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those times there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in, for great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. They were broken in pieces. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every sort of distress. But you, take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Asa, in the midst of such circumstances, in the day that we just read and was described for us in Scripture, was encouraged to lead by turning to the Lord and trusting in Him. When no one else was turning to the Lord, when no one else was trusting in the Lord, he was told, you need to seek Him, you need to trust in Him, you need to walk with Him. Do not let your hands be weak. Strengthen your knees, strengthen your hands, lift them up. Oh, do not be weary of doing good. You need to walk with the Lord. A godly man will lead as he seeks the Lord and trusts in the Lord in the most turbulent of times. In fact, that is when a godly man who is faithful to the Lord will be proved. It's in those times. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Lead as you trust in the Lord and seek him. Lead, but also have self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. No self-control, meaning no control over one's emotions, desires, and their expression through behavior, especially when difficult situations are encountered, are like a man who is allowing anything and everything to enter into his life and wreak havoc. Act like a man and have some self-control. Then respond or act accordingly. Love. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Love is willing to sacrifice self for the sake of others, especially in marriage, your wife. This does not mean that you, as I said at the very beginning, this does not mean that you yield to everything with your wife. That is not love. In fact, that is quite the opposite. Let me, let me tell you something. Men, that is actually quite the opposite. It's like, can you imagine you as a parent? You have kids that are very strong-willed, and, and then you allow them to just, okay, do whatever. I, I told you before, the, that'll lead to destruction. No, see number six, if... That's in question. That was lead. It means you sacrifice yourself to lead her in the ways of the Lord, the worship of God, and in the service of the Lord. Jesus was the way to the Father at his expense. You are to be a way to Jesus at your expense. Wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. If you don't fear the Lord, then, as the Word says, there is no true wisdom in you. But if you do fear the Lord, if you reverence Him and love Him preeminently, then He will be your first regard. You will consider Him first, and ultimately, therefore, His Word will govern you. His Word will lead you. His Word will cover you and will serve you as wisdom for everything that pertains to life and godliness according to 2 Peter 1.3. Perseverance. 2 Timothy 4.7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Listen, man, it doesn't matter how well you start if you don't finish the race. We need to finish well. So if you've stumbled, get up. Get up and fight. It's worth it because it's a good fight. It's what the Lord has entrusted to us. Get up and finish the race. Keep running. Keep the faith. Persevere. Do not give up. Service. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. A godly man will serve, serve others willingly, joyfully, and sacrificially, not begrudgingly. Not out of duty, as if they, they just, they have, I have to do this. No, it's because we realize and we understand we love because Because God first loved us. And he demonstrated it to us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so as we serve others, we do so out of of a heart that's filled with gratitude, a willingness, being joyful in our service unto the Lord. And lastly, this is not, by the way, we, we could go on for the rest of the morning, the rest of the day, with points of character and godly principles that should be expressed in each and every one of us. But I will make this the twelfth and last point as far as godly character is concerned, and that is humor. Proverbs 17.22, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart. Laughter is good medicine. Lighten up. Especially if, I mean, you should be able to laugh at yourself. I'm just... (laughs) Don't be so uptight, right? We know who we belong to. Walk... In all of these things, I mean, we, we walked through them, right? We, we went over them. But be joyful. Nehemiah 8.10 says, And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love.
Another way of saying act like men. Could have tiled this morning, fathers, be brave. To act like men is, it means to be brave. Be ready, in other words, to face and endure danger or pain or discomfort or inconvenience for the sake of God's glory. I am absolutely encouraged when I have brothers who are willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of the Lord. To be willing to endure discomfort. When you serve, you're going to at some point endure pain, disappointment, things of that nature. You're going to sometimes walk alone. Are you okay with that? I encourage you, brothers, man up. This is what it is. Man up. Be brave. Act like men. There may be a moment to where you have a dip, but you have other brothers next to you that are willing to come alongside you and remind you that you need to get up. But we're willing to walk with you. Adam Clark said this, quote, the terms in this verse are all military. Watch ye, watch and be continually on your guard, lest ye be surprised by your enemies. Stand fast in the faith. Keep in your ranks. Do not be disorderly. Be determined to keep your ranks unbroken. Keep close together. Quit yourselves like men. When you are attacked, do not flinch. Maintain your ground. Resist, press forward, strike home, keep compact, conquer, be strong. If one company or division be opposed by too great a force of the enemy, strengthen that division and maintain your position. Summon up all your courage, sustain each other, fear not, for fear will enervate or weaken you. Close quote. And do all of this in a meek and humble spirit of love. Otherwise, what we just went over means absolutely nothing. Do it in a spirit of meekness, a spirit of humility. By all means, do it in a spirit of love. Love towards the Lord and a love towards others. But there is one who perfectly exemplified all of this. And that is Jesus of Nazareth. He is the one that went to the cross for you and I. We were not capable of doing that. He was the Lamb of God, sinless. He was the one that went to the cross for you and I. Now that's strength. That was meekness. That was humility. And he's still with us even today. John 14, 6 says, Jesus speaking to his disciples said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4.12, and there's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, none is righteous, no, not one. And we know Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
But God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, all these things are true. And if you're ashamed of the gospel, if you're ashamed of the Lord, if at any moment you're, you're, you've heard this over and over and over again, this is a call to repent. That's what it is. It's a call to repent. Why? Because our sin has separated us from the Father. And God the Father sent God the Son to die in your place. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, there's no forgiveness of sin. But he calls on each and every one of us to repent. Some of you need to repent from whatever it is that you've compromised in. You need to stop. As, as a brother in Christ, as, as man to man, I'm telling you, hey, listen, I, I'm asking you to, to stop. But more importantly, the Lord is calling you to repent. That is, turn from your sin and turn to the Lord and believe on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when you know, when you know salvation, you will have a new heart, the Spirit will indwell you, and you will have the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of righteousness apparent in your life. I pray that for each and every one of you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your word and, and Lord, that you lay things out in such a way, Father, that it is plain to see. I thank you, Lord, that your love for us is perfect. Lord, that you have explained to us the things that are an abomination to you and the things that glorify you. May we choose to walk with you. May we choose to be obedient to your word. Not because we can earn anything, Lord. We can't earn anything. We definitely cannot earn salvation. Lord, that's your free gift that you offer to us through your son, Jesus Christ. But Lord, upon receiving that free gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, repenting of our faith and just turning to, of, of our sin and, and turning to you, Lord, help us to walk in obedience with you, Lord, because that's the desire of our own heart, Lord, that we would be honoring to you. So crown us with wisdom. Help us to walk with integrity toward you strength and courage and faithfulness Lord with uh, joy in our hearts with gratitude in our hearts that we may Lord be a, a joy to you and, and a blessing to others and so Father I thank you for this time thank you for this day I ask once more for your blessing upon every single father and Lord may you further equip them and strengthen them and anoint them Lord with your spirit Thank you, Lord. Praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.